Maybe the game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We are less than 48 hours away from the final football game inside of Dottie Ficklin Stadium this year. Patrick Johnson welcoming you in. Patrick Johnson show here for the drive home at 5 o'clock. Thanks so much for uh, being with us this afternoon. Is uh, We'll uh, have a pair of tickets to give away to Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card uh, coming up in just a matter of minutes. So stand by to dial for that. Unless your name is that other guy who claims he always wins. Because you would have already won. Yeah, now you would actually have already won. Yeah. You're no longer eligible. Correct. That's Ben Byram producing today's show. Hey, Ben. Thanks to Ben for filling in yesterday uh, on the program. Brian Mull had nice things to say about you. I talked to Brian. Oh, he was great. After I left the game... I had to go down to Kinston uh, to go by my parents' house to pick up something. Your old stomping grounds. Where I grew up. And um, so it was, I, I did get to bed till about midnight. And um, whew. Then I, the, the alarm came fast and furious at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. Rough. That's very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. So, uh, Hey, don't cry for me, Argentina, right? Hey, I right? went to bed at midnight, too. You know, I was working. Well, yeah, but you didn't get up at 4. Yeah, I did not, you, yeah. You probably got up I'm at the crack of 11. person. Well, some of us have obligations, Ben. You know? Some of us have overcommitments. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that's, that's enough about that. Uh, we've got ECU in Houston coming up this... Uh, Saturday, our coverage will begin at 11 a.m. outside of the Town Bank Tower. Final home uh, broadcast for Pirate Game Day Countdown in the 2022 season. We've got uh, Terrence Copper out this week, but we'll have uh, Andrew Bays with us. Andrew's done a great job for the road games this year on the radio network, so it'll be good to have Andrew on. We heard from T-Cop yesterday, so it's all good. Yeah, I... I, uh, Heard you did, so that was that was good. I'm glad you guys worked that out with Terrence yesterday. Um, so yeah, that's good stuff. And uh, now we've got, uh, you know, I think pretty interesting. We've got uh, a Houston team coming in that uh, can put up some points, and they can do it in an explosive and fast way. I think pirate the uh, Pirates, while explosive themselves, are a little more of the team that could go on prolonged drives Houston not really made to go on prolonged drives and uh, defensively they're really really uh, a team that has struggled on the back end this year pirate defense has played well it's gonna be interesting Uh, looking forward to the game weather's looking uh, like good football weather nice start time I like it Uh, we'll be on with our pirate game day countdown for bush light at uh, four or excuse me 11 o'clock in the morning Two o'clock kick. Of course, the network here on 94.3, the game 107.9 WNCT ECU Sports Network at one. So that's coming up. We'll have some uh, comments uh, here in just a bit in today's uh, Pirate Report. Is it the coordinators? We're doing the coordinators. Coordinators, yes. Coordinators. Yep. So that's coming up in uh, just a few minutes. Stand by for that pirate basketball with a win last night. Your first chance seeing them in person this year, Ben. What'd you think? Uh, you know, it's about like what I've seen on TV. First half, ball movement very sloppy, shot selection not very good. Um, just a very uh sloppy group in the first half, and they get it together in the second, and they're provided some sparks off the bench. Um, some guys really providing some energy, and then the next thing you know, the whole ball game changes. So plus the defense ramps up in the second half, which you want to see or Mike Schwartz especially wants to see from his team. And it's weird that that second-half team doesn't carry over to the next game's first half. I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, well, look, you're going to have nights where you start off slow. Yeah. Uh, nights where you uh, 
That's every that's you know, every maybe. night for the parts so far. Well, I was gonna say yeah. it's very rare, very rare that you see that uh, you know, in the first three games of the season. Uh, especially with them kind of spaced out as they have been. It's very rare that you would see that. Uh Debouge with a huge night last night. For ECU, of course, uh, Javon Small turned it on late in a double-double for uh, Brandon Johnson, who uh, struggled a little bit uh, in the first half. But the uh, Pirates went on a 20-to-zip run to move to 3-0 and for the third time in uh, three years. See, so, uh, Cookie knows nothing about basketball. He was there with me, and we were down 12, and he's like, this ball game's over. And there were still like seven minutes left. And I'm like... No, this is not football. No, what are you talking about, Cookie? It's a game of runs, well, dummy. I true, but the, uh, Cookie's defense, and I mean, far be it for me to defend Cookie, but in Cookie's defense, ECU at that point had not shown anything that would have you believe that they were, you know, a uh, capable of making one of those runs. We and uh, you know, <laughs> there we go. That's it right there. That's what I was looking for. I thought you were about to play We Competed. No, no. <laughs> that's, that's what I'd say to that. Um, but, yeah, so uh, East Carolina, 3-0 and on the uh, hardwood. Some other uh, notes. This is really interesting. Um, let me pull this up here and make sure I'm, I'm quoting it correctly. So, kind of on like a throwaway on Tuesday, uh, I made mention of this uh, hire from Charlotte of their new football coach. And I thought it was kind of a curious hire, more so because of the timing. But uh, they hired a guy named Biff Poggy. Is it Poggy or Poggy, Ben? Look that up or have intern Dom look that up. I'm going with Poggy till I'm told otherwise. So I, I was I was kind of asking around, I actually was talking to somebody yesterday about some football-related things, and in casual conversation, they brought up this Biff Poggy deal. And um, it's very interesting because he's independently wealthy. I mean, like, uber-independently wealthy. He was a hedge fund guy back in the 80s and 90s and made a, just a gazillion dollars off of that. And Charlotte... You hear this a lot with a lot of athletic departments, but Charlotte, their athletic department budgetarily are in pretty rough shape. And I had started to hear Tuesday night and really yesterday as well that that Skip Holtz was in the mix there. Uh, Apparently, Skip Holtz turned the job down. That's according to Julian Council, who... uh, is someone who kind of is a, I guess, a podcaster out in the Charlotte area. He's a blue checkmark guy for what that's worth. But, I mean, that's obviously, what is it worth now? Eight well, bucks can, a month? Yeah, you can buy those now. So, Skip Holtz was was in the mix. Skip's son was there coaching. Uh, Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator for UNC, according to Julian Council, and the defensive coordinator, Barry Odom, at Arkansas. We're all finalists again. He says apparently Skip passed on it. I've, I've tend to, tended to have heard the, heard the same thing, and apparently because uh, did we ever find out Ben is it Poggy or Poggy? Poggy Poggy is yeah. so rich that uh, you know I guess Charlotte's not paying him very much if at all anything. That's how uber rich this guy uh, is, and. Um, and that's very interesting. Poggy. Poggy. Poggy Poggy. Biff Poggy. But uh, there's apparently, I guess, like a, a Netflix series on him, uh, 30 for 30 on him. I mean, he funded some kind of high school, Catholic high school football team up in uh, the uh, Maryland area that was uh, on hard times. So, um, kind of interesting. It's interesting on the Julian Council tweet, there's some guy here, and I mean, Twitter's just a, a cesspool. This guy's a 49ers fan. 
We might not be a great football team. This is him replying to Julian Council. But we aren't broke. Go check ECU Athletic Department borrowing money from their medical school and app dropping sports if you want to see broke programs in NC. To which Julian Council replies, ECU's athletic department's financial issues are completely independent of Charlotte's lack of investment in its football program. Um, and look, Mike Houston, there's you know conflicting reports on this, but I mean, Charlotte was after him hard. And he may have verbally agreed to something at Charlotte before ECU got in the mix. But I mean, you know, there's, there's that reporting that is out there out of the Charlotte media that, you know, a little deeper dive from the Houston camp all those years ago proved, you know, this is, might not be a situation you want to get into with uh, all of the issues in Charlotte. And, and look, I know Ben's had his ha-has, and we've sort of joked, you know, that's the, the rival. They've got a long, long way to go, a long way to go, because uh, Jerry Richardson – had put a lot of money into that, but I, I don't see David Tepper giving a tinker's damn about uh, Charlotte. No, he's football. going to London. <laughs> but um, that's the deal. Speaking of the Panthers, we'll we'll talk to Jim Zoki coming up later on in the show today. Strange hire. It, it just is a really bizarre hire. And talking to some other people around college football uh, today as well, uh, they thought it was a a, a weird hire. But if this guy's independently wealthy and he's not taking a, a salary of, of, of note, or maybe he's taking the minimum to be an employee at Charlotte and be on the insurance like somebody would if, you know, they're like you're on a buyout from a school and you go and you work for the other, a new job at a school or a new job and you take the minimum amount of money to get on insurance, um, you know, that gives you a chance to you know, make all your money for the buyout from the place that conceivably fired you. That, obviously, a little bit of a situ, different situation with Poggy Poggi here because it's one of those deals where you would think he's got so much money that they're not having to pay him what they would normally pay a, a, a coach. Ben, see if you can find if, they, if they've released any terms to his contract. Okay. Because it you know, it's a state institution, so some of that is, is public knowledge at some point. But uh, look that up while we go to break here and see if there's any kind of, um, you know, situation where uh, they've released the terms of his agreement. Five-year deal. Uh, okay. More than two points. Does it list any of the money? Uh, I was getting there. I was getting there. $1 million annual salary, which is compromised or comprised of a $500,000 base salary and an equal matching portion from supplemental channels. So they're paying him a million bucks, and he's supposedly independently wealthy. I mean, country club a, a million dollars for that a million dollars for that job. Now in the American, the current American, that's low. In the new American, that's probably still going to be low. But I mean, I see. I was led to believe that this guy was taking hardly any money. A million dollars is is money. That's not hardly any money. That's money. So who knows? It, it's still a strange hire, and he was the associate head coach at Michigan. Strange hire. Uh, put that up, Ben. Let's let's post that article on our social media uh, because I think that's an interesting thing to kind of debunk. You know, some of the the chatter that's out there. But but again, the reporting is that Skip Holtz turned it down. And look, had Skip Holtz taken the job, you, you talk about kind of awkward because ECU's playing him each year, the next four years in football, but I, I can guarantee, I don't know what Podgy is going to do, but I can guarantee you that Skip Holtz would have done a hell of a job turning that around. Uh, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to ECU in Houston at 252-561 game right now. You also get a Chico's Mexican restaurant gift card. So uh, dinner on us, 252-561 game. Five six one four two six three. We'll do caller five. You'll be a winner. As we go to break, we'll come back, have a pirate report for you as we'll hear from the coordinators ahead of East Carolina matching up with Houston this weekend. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. 
More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Pirate basketball lives right here. Right here. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, we're back. Uh, bring the music down here, Ben, because uh, I don't think it'd be appropriate to read, uh, have it under uh, this because we're promoting uh, Christmas with the Embers. December 19th at Reimage Church. Get your tickets uh, on any of the websites for IBX Media, including 943thegame.com, WTIBFM.com, 1079WNCT.com. You can also get tickets at Telco on Arlington Boulevard, Reimage Church, or uh, even our studios. Uh, 100% of the ticket sales go to kids in our community for Christmas. It's an awesome evening. And again, the date for that, December 19th. It is uh, brought to you by the Air Doctor, Hardee's, Fantastic Sam's, Greenville Utilities, Telco Credit Union, Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service, GoEco, 264 Shoes and Apparel, Greenville Toyota, Pair Electronics, Southern Bank, and uh, AmeriHealth, Caritas, North Carolina. By the way, I saw somebody on Twitter posted these uh, purple and gold Hey Dude shoes. 264 shoes and apparel. I guess they're sold out of a lot of them. This was a guy post. They, they looked a little dainty. I see that. Yeah. A little dainty. Uh, Eric is uh, our winner today of uh, tickets and a Chico's gift card. Uh, Eric, uh, thanks for calling. Congratulations to you. Thank you so much, Patrick. I, re- I really enjoy your show, and I've certainly been enjoying you and Sasha Seymour on the TV broadcast for the power basketball games. They've certainly made them a little more interesting than they should be. Uh, Looks like they're certainly a second-half team, but if they can uh, start to play a little more in the first half, I think uh, there's going to be some uh, big things to come for the basketball team this year, I believe. You know, uh, I, I, I I hear what you're saying. I do think it's going to be still end up being kind of a tough season because the team is so young. Uh, but they, they have shown resolve and a, an ability to come back. I think, you know, look, offense comes and goes. I think the thing that really got Mike Swartz uh, heated last night and irritated was the defensive effort. Although in the last seven minutes, almost seven and a half minutes of the game, uh, Hampton did not get a field goal, did not score a point. Now, some of that is, you know, I thought they got a little tight, but also some of that was ECU made some adjustments on defense and and didn't belly up on him and gave him a little room. But uh, that's good. All right, Eric, so what do you think of the football game this weekend? I think the Pirates are going to pull it through. you know, it's just a big game. It's Holton's last game there on Dowdy Ficklin. So uh, I got a feeling he's going to go out with a bang. And uh, so I think the Pirates will pull it out. Um, and and uh, they've had a tremendous season so far. Uh, it, there was a lot of talk, people being down on them early in the season. But, you know, look where they've come. And uh, they, they're just a fighting team. And uh, I've enjoyed watching them. Yeah. they. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh it's been really quiet out of the Houston camp this week. Um, I'm involved with some stuff on Saturday with uh, the game, and uh, the Houston camp's been real mum on a lot of things. The Houston Cougar camp, that is, it's it's uh, kind of interesting. I, I think there's there's a lot of a lot of pressure on them going into this, even though both teams are bowl eligible. Hey, uh, thanks a lot, Eric. Congrats on uh, winning the tickets, and uh, enjoy that in the Chicos. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully see you out there on uh, Saturday. All right, thank you so much, Patrick. Take care. All right. Take care, buddy. Is he from Greenville, Ben? Is that Eric in Greenville? Eric in Greenville. Yep, there you go. Congratulations to him. All right, let's knock out today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We'll get through as much of this as we can. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick waxing poetic, uh, talking about Holt Naylor's last home game. I'm not sure I can, and... Try not to think about it that way because we've got a lot of football left. You know, it's not the last game. Uh, I would think at least two Blake games, you know, you would think there. Uh, but it will, be, uh, it will be emotional for me because we've been through a lot together. And uh, we go way back even before that. 
you know, because I was here when we first started recruiting him. I was the recruiting coordinator then. And so uh, he's been special. You know, I know that uh, he's got a lot of people that love him and, you know, he's, he's, he's somebody. So, you, you know, you're nobody until you got some haters. That's one thing I know. I don't know anybody that's somebody big time that doesn't have some haters. So he's got some haters, you know, like that too, which go, goes, goes with it. And that probably, you know, actually draws you a little closer to him. But uh, nobody has done more for this program, you know, as a player. And there have been some pretty darn good ones now than Hope Mailers. You know, he's, he's going he's gonna to always be remembered pretty special. I've been very fortunate. You know, I was here for 11 years and had a ton of great ones that were great people too. You know, I, I, I refer to, you know, my happy place, Zay Jones and Hardy and uh, Andre Allison and Dwayne Harris, you know, and, and just on and on. You know, Bryce Williams, i I just been so lucky, been so blessed to be around so many of those great ones. And he is right there, if not the top of the list, he's right there at it then just because of his toughness and just everything he's done and the sacrifice that he's made. It's just incredible. Uh, I don't know if there'll be another one like him for a long time. Uh, the other thing out of this is, uh, well, let, let's just continue on here. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick talking about his relationship with Holt Nailers. He was uh, the very first person I saw when I got here. Uh, he, he met me at the door. We got in here late that night. And it was kind of a bang bang thing because we had a game the, the Saturday we were in the playoffs and uh, you know coach took the job and we jumped in a car two days later and got here and it was it was dark like now you know because of, of the time and he was standing there waiting on me you know and and I remember kind of being touched by that at that time and being excited about it and you know like I say it's uh, you're gonna get me going here in a minute I'm gonna get emotional now because I don't I don't want to be that way right now. But I guess it's just more special because I'm tell you what now we were bad, you know what I'm saying? I, some of y'all think we're bad now, I guess. But you didn't, you don't remember what we were then when we, <laughs> and, and he was taking the blunt all that now. I mean, he he really has. So we would not have. It, it's not been as fast because it's never as fast as anybody wants it to be because everybody just wants it to be like wave a magic wand and now we've won every game. You know, everybody can't win every game. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I don't. We, we we wouldn't be nearly as far along without him. You know, I don't know what we'd have done because he's he's carried us in a lot of ways. We got a lot of other guys doing a great job too. Obviously, I don't want to make it all about him, but he's surely been a big part of it. Donnie Cave with more praise for Holton Ehlers. I just think he's just such a great young man, and and he's got so many good qualities about him. He, he's going to be so successful in other things besides football you know and just he's fun to be around he's uh he's quirky you know what i'm saying i, I you know i, I kind of make fun of him a lot i'm sure he makes a lot of fun of me i know they do uh but he's just funny to be around but in a real innocent kind of way you know what i'm saying uh so you just you just have to love the kid i mean i i see him out here he's out here taking pictures with everybody in his family to everybody his family's ever met to any fan i mean he's just he's mr ecu east carolina and i you know i love the university i wouldn't have come back you know i wouldn't have been here as, as long as i did I, I wasn't fortunate enough to go to school here i kind of say sometimes though i love the school i went to you know whatever but i i really feel like i am a pirate because i've been here so long and uh but he's mr ec you pirate now and it's just fun I'll, I'll miss the meetings when we're in there just saying things and talking and just some of the, some of the funny moments when he does some things and i just go like you're goofy and and, he, and he's been really funny this year it seems like so i've kind of talked i keep busting him about okay ever since you met you know uh, peyton manning now you got a, you got a sense of humor now you're actually getting funny you know you're making stuff i'm actually laughing at you now so they they they, they have the same forehead i think you know so we, we always say that about him it's kind of rubbed off on him and, and he can bust me back about that kind of stuff too so it's a good deal but that that's why you stay in this business this long is because you know you, you you'll miss the kids i'll miss the kids that's why i don't know if i'll ever want to quit or not that's a great line about the forehead thing. That was funny. I mean, Peyton's got like a six head. I, I don't think, but, um, Mason Garcia getting red shirted and getting reps, Donnie Kirkpatrick on that. I'm, I'm pleased that we were able to do that because that's what he wanted. 
uh, you know, as a coach, you just like to play them all all the time or whatever. But this is what he asked for. And you can't always do that because it's got to be the team first and then it's got to be the player second. And uh, he, he understood that. We were able to do that. Uh, and so now he's got all three games he can play in. And if the plan goes as I'm planning it and Coach Houston's planning it, he will play in all three of those games. In some way, we're going to find a way to get him some, some, some playing time. And uh, now some comments from Mike Swartz following the basketball win last night by ECU where they came back from down 17. This is Coach Swartz uh, talking about the Pirate nine-point win. Well, obviously excited and, and glad we were able to find a, uh, a way to win and find a way to fight our way back in the second half, but uh, really disappointed that we put ourselves in a position again to have to fight back uh, like that and, you know, down double digits. And, you know, uh, th this game's a funny game. I, I don't know if we deserve to win or not. Uh, I give Hampton all the credit. They played really well. Um, they made a lot of tough shots, shots that we knew that they were capable of taking and making, and they did that. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the second half, we were able to make a couple adjustments defensively and ball starts going through the basket, which makes everything good. But, but, but that's fool's gold if you're going to just rely on making shots to be the reason why you find a way to win. So, again, glad that we found a way to, to fight through it. And it shows a certain grit, uh, grittiness and resiliency that I think this team has. Uh, but we have to fix that, and we will, in terms of building uh, large deficits or putting ourselves in a hole. Coach Swartz uh, elaborated on those adjustments and also the need for early energy. That's probably part of it. I think there there has been adjustments at certain times, whether it's in timeouts or at halftime. And, you know, some of the stuff that we came out of halftime with, I mean, I think they pushed the lead up in the second half. We got the lead down. I think they got back up. I don't know what it ended up being in the second half. I don't know if it was 15 or 7. I don't know what they got it up to in the second half. But um, I know they increased their lead, so we made another adjustment at one of the timeouts. And But 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 regardless of that, it, you know what it is? It, it's, it's a sense of urgency to start the game. It's an energy. Uh, energy is contagious. And obviously, and again, this building and the fans, and we're not going to have the, the we're not going to have the, the maniacs. We're not going to have them with us. We're not going to have the student section with us next week and, and in road games. So it's not something we have to find a way when we get going in the beginning of a game for the energy uh, and for our execution to be better. And and you know what? Again, I do believe that a lot of it is youth and inexperience because I don't think a, there's been five guys any five that we put out there that have been in that situation at this level to get a team off to a good start. Every single player we're starting has never started before at this level, let alone compete against seniors and players that have done it for three or four years. So the sense of urgency and execution at the beginning of a game, you know, we're not at that level yet. And we just talked about that and we got to fix that and we will. Is that 25? All right, uh, to cut 25 here, Ben, which I believe was a question you asked in the post game about, because uh, Coach, he even said this before the game, uh, you know, too many threes at inopportune times in their offensive sets. A lot of that last night. Well, they just seemed rushed. They weren't slowing down their ball movement in the first half. They were just kind of jacking up shots or trying to score as quick as possible, and everything just seemed to rush. And uh, it definitely kind of did not translate very well to the scoreboard. So you asked him what, Ben? The shot selection seemed pretty poor in the first half. How do you clean it up? Watching film, I answer. think the guy seeing it, we have a very selfless team. Nobody on this team is selfish at all. At all. I mean, guys, there's sometimes where we are encouraging guys to go more. But I just think the learning of understanding when a defense is set – versus when you have them in rotation. I think if you looked at some of the shots Hampton was making tonight, those were some tough shots. They were with defenders in front of them, off the bounce, contested long twos, and they made them. And momentum is an unbelievable thing in basketball. So, but you, you, that's not who we're going to be. We're not a team that wants to take flat-footed shots, contested shots with the defense in front of us. We want to get the defense rotating. We need to do it through paint touches. I thought Brandon and Luigi both gave us a nice touch being able to throw the ball inside and we just have to continue to work on it show watching and film get better each day where the guys understand because the key word is shot selection what's a good shot it's not about if it goes in or not okay we can't fix that but what we can do is have a great understanding for shot selection what's a good shot and we'll live with the results 
Uh, let's get in a couple of the uh, quick player comments uh, here. Uh, first of all, David Kasungane uh, came in, uh, the Navy transfer, and scored seven points. Uh, he talked about the game uh, going to get slowed down in the second half. Uh, offensive uh, kind of slowed down for us in the second half. I think we kind of rushed a lot of shots in the first half. Uh, second half, we just started doing what we knew, and then I guess it just the game slowed down for us, and we just were able to get an advantage. More uh, this time from uh, Pirate uh, Transfer. Uh, 17 last night for uh, Quentin Dabunze. Uh, and uh, he talked about what kind of got him going and how he turned his game around last night. In the first uh, first half, I was kind of struggling. So Coach Ross came up to me. He was like, you got to wake up and just play defense. And just going to come up naturally. So I just start uh, pressing uh, number five on defense, and it just came natural. Uh, Kasung and I, with the uh, energy shift in the second half, he elaborated and talked about that. I just thought we were lacking energy early on, and I thought that it started on the defensive end. That's where we changed it. Once we started talking more, talking on, talking about um, Hampton sets, like that's all that really changed. It was just energy. And then uh, Dabunze talking about being able to drive and shoot. I've always been a, a good uh, shooter, but I'm trying to be able to do both, driver and shooter. And Kasunga and I praising the pirate crowd, which was a good crowd last night. The crowd was great. Um, we have, I think we have the, some of the best fans in the country. Uh, I've been to a lot of gyms over my time, college career. Uh, we just have, they, they just bring energy, and I think Minji's has the, Minji's has the ability to be one of the hardest home court advantages in the country just because of its size and how close the fans are to the court. I just think that they bring energy every game. We definitely need them. All right, uh, that's today's Pirate Report. Great job uh, there by everybody. Let's now get a 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update before we bring on the great Jim Zoki. Thanks, Patrick. Quentin DeBunge scored a career-high 17 points on 5 of 8 shooting as East Carolina fought back from another double-digit deficit to defeat Hampton 82-73 last night at Williams Arena at Minji's Coliseum. The Tennessee transfer native of France said it started on the defensive end, and that's how he got his game going. In the first uh, first half, I was kind of struggling, so Coach Ross came up to me. He was like, you got to wake up and just play defense, and just going to come up naturally. So I just start uh, pressing uh, number five on defense, and it just came natural. With the win, ECU earns its third straight 3-0 start and extends its winning streak against non-conference opponents at home to 18. Coach Mike Schwartz not so pleased with the win. He says the Pirates have to clean up their shot selection. I do think we have guys that can shoot the basketball. I really do. And, and I'm not some analytic, overly analytic offensive coach. Okay, I want us to take good shots, and if a good shot is at the rim, if a good shot is a pull-up in mid-range, the guys that I know can shoot it, or if a good shot is an open three. I would say we would not be over 50% if we would just cut out probably three to four of those contested threes, and they mostly come in the first half. Javon Small continued his strong start to the season, tallying a final stat line of 17 points, six assists, and five rebounds for the Pirates. Brandon Johnson recorded the third double-double of his career with 15 points and 12 rebounds. Pirate football readying for the final home game of the season on Saturday as East Carolina hosts Houston for Senior Day. Coordinator speaking last night, defensive coordinator Blake Harrell says the Pirates will face another top quarterback in Houston's Clayton Toon. I think the two guys stand out to me is uh, Clayton Toon, and he's, you know, it seems like I keep talking about the quarterbacks in this league, and this quarterback, this league is full of a bunch of good quarterbacks, Pratt, Toon, Holton Aylers, uh, you can go on down the list, Mordecai from SMU, you could, you know, the UCF is a different kind of quarterback, but a really good quarterback, uh, but Clayton Toon stands out to me, I think he's top in the conference in passing yards right now, uh, top five in the nation in passing yards, um, and he's playing better this year, I think he played last year, just the thing he can do, too, if the play breaks down, he can take off scrambling and pick up some yards there. He's had a couple long runs. Kickoff for that matchup is at 2 o'clock, and coverage begins at 94 through the game at 11 o'clock outside of Town Bank Tower. Tower, excuse me, Patrick Johnson will be joined by former ECU punter Andrew Bays on our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown that comes your way 
at 11 o'clock that morning. ECU alum and two-time NFL Pro Bowler Linval Joseph has been signed by the Philadelphia Eagles, along with Ndamukong Sue to beef up their defensive line. Both have been signed to one-year deals. The Panthers releasing an updated injury report ahead of their Week 11 matchups against the Ravens. And there's a lot that's very questionable when it comes to this injury report. A lot of unspecified game statuses for a lot of different players. We do know that Justin Burst, the safety, and Miles Hartsfield did not practice today, both dealing with injuries, as well as defensive tackles Davion Nixon, Matthew Ioannidis, and Marquan McCall. P.J. Walker, quarterback for the Panthers, also did not practice due to an ankle injury. Right tackle Taylor Moten did not practice due to an elbow injury and non-injury related deal. And Giovanni Ricci, the tight end and fullback hybrid, returned to practice after dealing with some neck injury. He was a full participant. That's going to do it for your 94 Through the Game Sports update. This 94 Through the Game Sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On the other side, more on the Panthers with Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki with the P-Man right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Football. 94.3 The Game. Our pal Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, as Carolina heads to the uh, tropical paradise known as Baltimore this weekend for a uh, game. Uh, Zok uh, is with us here, Panthers Radio Network, airtime. Noon, 1 o'clock kick, 103.7 WTIB. Did I get all that right, Jim? I think I did. They're your radio stations. You better get them right. <laughs> Henry's, be mad at you. Henry's always mad at me. Um, Baker Mayfield, back under center, as it were, or in the shotgun uh, for the uh, for the Panthers. Yeah, I, 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 I felt to me like when you go to Vegas, you pull that slot machine, and one one time it'll come up. PJ Baker Sam and this week it comes up Baker Sam PJ hopefully not three lemons ever uh, but uh, that's in the wheel of uh, spin and as of the first time since October 9th Baker will be the starter PJ Walker the third of the three quarterbacks with a high ankle sprain and then Sam Darnold actually active for the first time coming up this week at Baltimore he'll be the backup for the first time so it'll be interesting to see if they get him out on the field a little bit in this game or if they wait uh, Coach Wilkes you were out there yesterday for his press conference kind of alluded to the fact he'd like to get him some reps, not seeing say this week, but before he sends him out as a potential starter, he'd like to see him get some live action. So I'd be curious uh, to see if they do that at all. If not, it sounds like at some point in the future, I would expect uh, to see Sam Darnold at least get a chance out there. Do you think, uh, Jim, if P.J. Walker were healthy, he would be starting this week? Well, they actually announced that after the game on Friday, the day after the game, a coach came out and said PJ was the starter for the next week, and then they apparently he mustered through what turned out to be a high ankle sprain right. in the fourth quarter after a hit he took in the game on Thursday and did an MRI based on that and came back Monday and said, actually, on second look, he's got a high ankle sprain. So we'll see. You know, Baker came back more quickly, much more quickly than Sam did from his. They've not put PJ on injured reserve, so... Maybe the feeling is this will be a, a less severe version of that. So, um, uh, so yeah, to answer your question, I think based on what they said Friday, they were planning on that. And In fact, they won the game, even though he only threw for like 100 yards. Uh, I think you hate to mess with success sometimes, so I think that would have been the case. So let's assume everybody is good to go next week. Uh, and I know a lot of this depends on what Mayfield does or does not do on Sunday, but do you stick with Mayfield? Does it go back to Walker? I mean, what, what happens at, at – long-term, do you think, or is it just a week-to-week thing? It truly is so week-to-week. Steve Wilkes won't even answer a question unless it's about the Ravens this week. He will not answer anything about next week, Thanksgiving, what he's going to eat next month. All he's ah. going to focus is on this game, and huh. that makes the answer impossible to give because of that. I mean, he, he truly lives in the moment of each week, and which quarterback would give you the best chance to succeed in that week? And then we saw in Cincinnati pull the hook on P.J. Walker at halftime and brought Baker in in the, the third quarter of that game. So uh, on one side, you hope Baker plays well and they could just go with that. But if he doesn't, if he falters, um, we've seen they'll, they'll hook a quarterback and, and bring the backup in out of the bullpen there. So we'll see what happens this week. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of controversy, even up in Baltimore, uh, Lamar Jackson there, there seems to be emerging whispers about Harbaugh this week. 
Uh, what's going on in Baltimore that you can glean from from what's happening up there? I mean, tough crowd, right? Six and three, lead the division. Yeah, yeah. and and <laughs> it's 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 like all this upheaval. It's it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, one thing is Harbaugh's been there 15 years, so that that's been a long time. But there's been past years where it's been talked about would he be a candidate somewhere else to move? And I think sometimes it just maybe people just want something different. I hate to say it's the world we live in. Well, Bar Jackson for sure because he's a free agent. He's betting on himself this year to have a big year, and it looks like he's going to do that um, and then cash out. I saw something where Sean Payton, who's not even coaching in the league, made some kind of comment where he intimated that sure would love to have Lamar Jackson if I ever coach somewhere again. So <laughs> here's a guy that's not even in the league who's already picking a quarterback. How does that man, work? Right? In, how but, does that work in tampering? Uh, how does that? How does that uh, play? I guess with? It's, yeah, I guess if you don't have a job, you're not with a team. You're not tampering. You just you just spitballing as a commentator. Ah. and so um, I think you know Lamar's going to uh, you know again. The question is to me, it's like it's like how it was with Cam. It's like when you're dealing with a rushing quarterback. I view them more in, in terms of longevity, like running backs, where like you get to be about 30 and you're going to be uh, on the downside, if not done, of your career. And you're with Cam at the early 30s. And uh, that would be my only question with giving a big contract to Lamar. He's, he's excellent right now as far as he'll probably run for well over 1,000 yards. Uh, but he's still iffy. Like he has good days and good quarters and then bad games and bad quarters of accuracy when it comes to to throwing the ball, so you certainly have to tailor your offense to that, as Baltimore has done with Greg Roman as their offensive coordinator. But um, yeah, if you're investing big time, you uh, to me as a GM, I would view that as I'm investing five years in a running back as opposed to a quarterback because that's right. his gift. That's what makes him special. And then guys like Justin Fields now, there's like a handful of those kind of guys that are much better running the ball than they are passing the ball. We got Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, uh, the three and seven Panthers, the six and three Ravens Sunday. Uh, 1037 WTIB on the Panthers radio network, uh, one o'clock uh, kick. Carolina is rushing the ball almost 10 times more per game since uh, Steve Wilkes turn o- has uh, taken over. And as a result, they have been more productive in the running game. Uh, so certainly that's what's allowed them to, one would think, uh, kind of be competitive in the Wilkes uh, interim period. It's, it's weird in the league. Uh, scoring is down in the league this year. I was just reading an article about this yesterday. Uh, see my, my notes here. It's, it's, it's the lowest it's been uh, in 13 years as far as points. Rushing average, which is four and a half yards across the league, is at an all-time high in the history of the league. And pass yards completion are the lowest since 1933 on average. And the reason we're, I'm saying all that is Defenses have all had to be built with nickelbacks and all this to stop the pass. you got to throw the ball. You know, Patrick Mahomes, right? all that spread off. And now what teams are finding is these teams are built to stop with lighter weight players, the passing game. What if we just ran right at them? Didn't run around them. Just ran right, right at them. Just right. gap football. And that's Deontay Foreman. So actually, Deontay Foreman might be the most invoked thing. We think this is like some throwback. This may be the new innovation. We see it with Derrick Henry, right? We've been watching that for a few years. Yeah. Teams aren't built and equipped to stop. Derrick Henry, of course, he was the backup to Henry in Tennessee last year. So this might be the wave of at least for the next foreseeable short term until teams adjust future is that they don't have the big bodies. Down. they got agile defensive linemen try to sack the quarterback, like Brian Burns, guys like that. And now what you need is some space eaters again uh, to stop the run. And most teams aren't built to do both. They can only do one or the other. In most cases, it's to, uh, to stop the pass. Confirming uh, reports, Jim, about Frankie Louvu and J.C. Horn, are they back? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we never know for sure uh, until we get to game day, but I think they're tracking that way. And the question mark has been you know, Jeremy Chen, uh, Coach Wilkes, yesterday when he spoke, uh, said he didn't have an answer to that yet. So we'll see on Chen if he'll be actually active. He's been practicing off and on the last week. So that's the, the one to keep an eye on there. Of course, Dante Jackson went on injured reserve, and uh, they signed T.J. Carey to a practice squad. He would become an active cornerback, I would think, by as soon as this weekend. So, uh Call the reserves. Uh, Justin Burris, the former NC State player, uh, still out. So there's a number of guys down in the secondary right now. Yeah, I got you. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of that, uh, that that is going around, as it were, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you you mentioned uh, running the football Thursday night game tonight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the suddenly resurgent Green Bay Packers. Uh, taking on the uh, ground-oriented Titans. Um, 
Will you be watching the Thursday night game? Do you get on the? I, 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 clearly, your lovely wife has has Amazon because all of our wives do, and <laughs> we so do. we. That's the beauty of that whole thing. We have the access to uh, to that. Here's my problem with Amazon watching though, Patrick. Yeah. See what you think about this. Yeah. When you're there, you're stuck there. I yeah. We have uh, we we just cut the cord like a year and a half ago. We have, okay. we have YouTube TV. Uh huh. And then of course we stream the other things netflix and all that sure. but once you're there it's like it's such a pain to get back you can't channel serve you can't play right. like, during commercial right. breaks about a game like that that's what i hate about the amazon thing like when i'm there i have to leave and then re-enter the building it's like walking out of your house and, and going <laughs> to the road and coming back in the house again i miss the days of just flipping around the tv channels i know i could go back to that i could get satellite or get cable or whatever but uh I, this whole i don't know I, we've got all the hulus and the all this stuff, and I just I can't keep up with you all know, of them. The, 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 the live sports, and I mean, look, I part of my uh, career now is sports casting live on a streaming platform, and the interesting thing about that is you the really good ones you can navigate, but but you're right within say ESPN Plus, you're maybe navigating within ESPN Plus. You're, you're it's it's not terribly easy to go and you know, find the weather channel or whatever, um, you know, between breaks or, or your favorite, uh, you know, or below deck or, or that, you know, you, you can't flip back. Finally, and forth. finally you named a quality program. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Below deck. But you know what I'm saying? Like that was the big gripe I had Jim with the, the, you know, a few years ago for the uh, NCAA tournament, we were down at the beach and, and we don't have a cable situation there. It's, you know, all off of uh, apps and yep. You know, it's like it was hard to navigate. I mean, it's just, you know, the, one of the beautiful things about the tournament now is you can go between games, uh, you know, especially those first couple of weekends. And that just some of that is not is, is not existent uh, w- with this. Now, it, it's gotten better, but I hear 100% of what you're saying. Uh, you know, it's different than binging a show, right? Because, right. you know, and look, you and I – also make our living on commercial enterprises. <laughs> so, you know, people, we, in, in a way we want people to listen and view the commercials, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. That's a good point. I never really thought, cause on Thursdays, usually I'm getting ready for the weekend Thursday nights. And so I, I'll have it on in the office while I'm working on things. So I'm really not paying attention to it other than it's on, but I hear what you said tonight. will be like one of the first nights of really, am I going to commit to watching it? Do you think Al Michaels misses the Sunday night game? I think he probably does. Although he probably, you know, I'm sure. I don't follow all the contract stuff. I'm sure they paid him much more than he's. I was going to say he probably he probably does until he lights a cigar with a fifty. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. And then, yeah, it's good. I mean, Al's great, and I've always liked Herb Street, so he's good. They're really um, good. So- I will say this: they are really good on that Thursday night. In my opinion, I think they're fantastic. I think Kirk is underrated as far as I mean. I know he's well known; like he's like not surprised. But I, I think when people talk about your favorites, um, you know, Herb Street comes to mind as being one of my favorite color commentators. I like him on the, the College Game Day stuff. Big Pat McAfee fan too. I like the addition of him. Really, on College Game Day. Really? I know polarizing, but here's why. They're out in the among the twenty and twenty-one year olds. It's basically it's a college party. You need that frat guy. Yeah, I mean you need that guy who's just a knucklehead frat guy, and he brings that energy because everyone's gotten older on that show. I mean, not just Lee Corso, but everybody's gotten older on that show. So I think it's kind of rejuvenated a little bit because it needs to fit in with the, the college crowd a little bit. He'll turn point. around and yell stuff at them like he was doing in Austin, Texas last week. Good point. Um, Jim Zoki with us here. Uh, I, we, we've talked through one of the things I want to ask you, so we'll just lightning round it here. Uh, I, I, we talked about this on our show here earlier in the week, so I'll, I'll ask you now. Uh, Eagles, buying or selling at this point? Oh, I'm still buying. I mean, they were bound to lose. And, uh, I didn't think they were going to go undefeated. And uh, it's usually not to the team you think it's going to be. And they'll probably lo- they will lose again. I'll predict that while we're right. sitting here today. So they'll lose more games. But they're built on both sides. Great defense, obviously. Jalen Hurts is coming to his own. They can run it. I mean, but when you got a defense like that and the ability uh, to run the ball with Miles Sanders and good receivers, I mean, they've really got everything they need. So I think, yeah, that's a quality team that's uh, that's going to be hanging in for a championship. Uh, and uh, did they sign Sue today? Did they sign? Uh, who'd they sign? They did sign yeah. Indomitian Sue. Yeah. They got some injuries on the defensive yeah. line. So 
he figured he'd end up somewhere sooner or later, but yeah, he finally uh, yeah. finally got the, a job. Yeah, I think they've got too many offensive weapons, and they're too good up front on defense to not even with Sue in there now. Um, they're they're just too good to 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 not to not be really good. Uh, buying or selling the uh, the Bills? Yeah, I just think they're too talented. Um, it's been a Josh weird Allen because... turns the ball over a lot, though, if you think about it, Zoe. He has, and uh, I mean, like they, they're the Jets right now. I mean, the Jets have the same record, I think, as the Bills yeah. do. So I think yeah. they, yeah. But I still, I, I, you know, again, they've they've been in the postseason before. They got the problem is if they're going to be a, a lower seed, or I guess you call it a higher seed, they're going to be a, a worse seed. I'll put it that way, yeah. whichever way you word it. Yeah, they're going to run into like Kansas City and the really good teams that are going to still have to get by on the road, and in those kind of situations. So it's going to diminish their chances to say reach the Super Bowl. Uh, if they end up being a, a seed that is a wild card like that. So we'll see. But they are very – in today's NFL, it is so crazy from week to week. The fact that Philadelphia lost that game uh, as a double-digit favorite against Washington shows you anything can happen. I just – I contend not only is there not much of a difference between a lot of these teams from week to week, uh, but it could be a blowout. I mean, you could see right. a, a really yeah. good team get blown out by what is supposed to be a bad team. Like the Browns blowing out the Bengals two weeks ago, and now the Browns are playing like the Browns again. On a given Monday, in that case, they they were up thirty-five to six on the Bengals, and the Bengals were up thirty-five nothing on the Panthers. Yeah, you know, six days later, and so it's crazy. So I think the league is just built for parity, and that's why you see so many wild swings each way. Tom Brady two and zero since the announcement of the divorce. By the way, lightening his load obviously could focus on football like he meant to. Finally, <laughs> finally doing what matters in his life after all. <laughs> He's probably at home eating with, like Fritos now. He's yeah, eating, yeah. All that stuff. I I don't know about Fritos. Maybe like some kind of kale chips. But he can he can eat <laughs> yeah, the, like a healthy chip. Yeah, he can eat he can eat the kale chips <laughs> on the couch in the living room now, and doesn't have to That's be griped right. at about the That's crumbs. Right. Yeah, and he can watch whatever channel he wants, whether right. it's Amazon or not. If he wants to leave it on Amazon and not flip, he can do that. All right, uh, Jim Zoki. Always great to catch up with you, Jim. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out next week. Hope to talk to you then. Yeah, it's a big holiday next week, but uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Yep, sure will. Thank you, Jim. Thanks to Zoke today. Thanks to Ben and intern Dom. And we'll see everybody tomorrow with Doug Martin and JP2's coach, Coach Murphy, as they play for a state title tomorrow. See you then. Lord, in a flatbed, Lord, down to take a